Hey everybody, what's up? What's going on? What's new? What's cracking? What's hot? What it is, yo? What it is, player? You're listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by theplayingonpodcast.com. Check it out. Uh, you can see pictures. There's some info over there about the podcast itself. Uh, we also have, uh, hopefully in the future, we're going to have a, a little merch section if you'd like to rock some um, some TPOP things. Hats, shirts, vests, fanny packs, whatever you want. We're going to think of some stuff. We're going to get some merch over there. Um, that, that whole website is constructed and brought to you by Constant Pursuit. That's Mr. Rusty Glaze from San Diego Dynasty. Uh, he's creating awesome websites for paintball fields um, and players. I believe he's responsible for Marcelo's website um, all over the country. Might even be the world. Don't quote me on that, but I know it's definitely uh, within the country. But um, but yeah, he was so kind to help out with a, uh, with a website and... If you guys could, please uh, check it out. Give it a visit. Give it a click. Uh, Theplayingonpodcast.com. And, uh, and yeah, tell me what you think. And uh, we are also brought to you by Patreon.com slash Podcast. Everybody needs support. And uh, any is appreciated to help the podcast out. Um, I really, really do uh, try my best for to try the best equipment and get you guys the best quality podcast that I can uh, produce all by myself. But you know what? It's, uh, it's, been, it's been good so far. And uh, everything that I've been lucky because everything that I've, that I've been able to work with has worked out really well. So, um, But yeah, if you guys are looking to support the podcast uh, in any way, please head over to patreon.com slash the playing on podcast and, uh, and donate. There's all kinds of tiers. Uh, from $5 to $20, whatever, I think even a dollar. Um, but anything helps and it's much appreciated. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, so that's all the ads I have for this episode. You might know him as Uncle Touch or JR. Uh, I know him as the, one of the most sneaky, silent, just run through maniacs who has played the game and uh, his name is John Richardson and he is a killer and I, I, I've watched him play and just completely uproot a team um, and, and run through guys he was a big inspiration for me as far as uh, play style playing up the middle finding the seams finding your timing and uh, he really kind of helped pave uh you know he kind of led the way in that aspect for me but uh but yeah we became really good friends and uh he's he's a great guy he's a big uh big teddy bear but um he's a beast on the paintball field man he is a beast so here is the uh here's the episode with john richardson enjoy So mostly this video is just for you and I to make eye contact for long periods of time with each other. Well, we could do that if you move to Seattle. <laughs> I know, right? 
well, moved back to Seattle. I know, I, you lived here for like a year, right? Yeah, I was there for a year, and um, there was that place, I don't know if you ever went there, it was, uh, or you might have been living in Virginia at the time, actually, it was like 2006, um, 2005, yes, maybe, well, 2006. Five, yeah. Yeah, it Four was. Or five, I was in Virginia. There was a place, uh, it was called Thrill Zone. And it was this full-size indoor paintball field along with a whole full-size, like, skate light skate park. Everything really? was indoor, plus a bunch and of other that? shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was in Tacoma. That was not this it was in Tacoma. But um, <clears throat> oh, that's it was sick. Me. Yeah, it was rad. Uh, Cagnoni came up. Uh, uh, Rocky Knuth was up there with uh, some of the Naughty Dogs guys, and they were they practiced a little bit up there. But uh, that was, I think, only a couple times they did that. But... Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. That was the first place I moved to after high school. Um, yeah, what uh, what made you move here for? Well, so I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do after high school. I was like, I was like, okay, well, I have a few options. So I could go to a local college and play for a, like a small football baseball scholarship. Mm-hmm. I could go that route, which everybody and their mother was doing. I could go to the Marines, which everybody and their mother was doing. Or I could pursue this paintball career because at the time I was um, I was playing for Tipman Effect and I just got noticed by um, by the Naughty Dogs and I I think at that time too I had just talked to Rich about excessive mm-hmm. and I was like okay I gotta I gotta do something and at that time I was like fuck it not a lot of people can say that they pursued a professional paintball career whether that was smart or not i don't know here i am today but um <laughs> but uh well i mean it worked judging off your physical ability you probably could have played in the nfl <laughs> <laughs> well, i don't know it was i don't know it was like i felt small but i i think i was i like baseball more oh, and and yeah. i didn't like getting hit that much that's not fun for me i like that's i got, I got, part of it. I got hit one time <laughs> well i liked hitting people but as a running back, like getting hit, not unexpectedly, like, because a, as a defensive man, no matter where you play, normally you can, you usually are bracing yourself for a hit. It's like, it's like seeing a, um, a, a car crash happen, like what, or, or like a car coming at you, like you can, you brace yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. But as a running back or somebody on offense, normally sometimes you don't see the hit coming or anything. And that's when you know, just shit happens. And I just, I got my bell rung one time and I was like, this is not fun anymore. <laughs> and it was on a kickoff return too. And I was going, Oh yeah. They're coming yeah. Down yeah. But, um, but yeah, I was like, Oh fuck it. I'll just, uh, I'll go pursue this thing. And, and at the time, uh, my former coach on Timmon effect was the manager at that indoor field. And he goes, dude, come out here move out here. You can come live with me. Um, just What's kinda, his name? uh, Jason Casebolt. Jason Casebolt. Yeah. He was, uh, but yeah, he he opened his doors, and I lived with him for for that period of time, and the rest is history. That's crazy. Yeah, it was so it was fun. It was it was definitely a cool uh, a cool place to work. I was like eight, seven, eight. Yeah, you know, I was eighteen, eighteen at the time. Mm-hmm. Like fuck it, I'm gonna move across the country. <laughs> I mean, I I did that same stuff. <laughs> like you know. Trying to make yeah. things work. I was going to say, what, where the places are. what is your kind of uh, the beginning of your career like in, in your childhood? I mean, were you athletic as a, as a kid? Yeah, I was always uh, like above average at like like any sport I played. I was usually the fastest person in like my area. Really? Like, uh, yeah, I played baseball. 
play for my basketball, like high school basketball, baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad would not let me play football though, which was my favorite sport. Because yeah. uh, one of his friends in college was apparently a lineman for the Huskies, Washington Huskies, and his knees were just destroyed, and that guy oh, couldn't yeah. walk. And so he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to let you play." I'm like, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I kind of got around, and then uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I was always off the like, like it put like sports would come easily for for me. Which yeah. for you also, I know that for sure. Well, I think anybody competitive at spirit um, will just find a way to to be good at something because they try and be the best at whatever it is they're trying to do. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So when did um, I mean did how did paintball kind of happen? How did that begin? How did you discover that? Uh, my buddy Jojo is uh, well, I'm from obviously I'm from Seattle. Uh, he'd been trying to get me to play for a couple of years. Like in high school, he played, and then my other couple of friends played, and I just I, it seemed like a silly game. Right. And I was like, yeah, that sounds dumb. I'm not gonna go do that. <laughs> and so, so like the whole like for two years, every like weekend he go playing. Like he had a, one of the first like Phantoms, the Phantom Pump Gun back yeah. in the day. This is like ninety four, ninety five. This is way like way back. <laughs> yeah, way back. So then we started going to uh, we we're both in uh, community college together. And he'd go like, well, I'm going to go play this weekend. You're going to come. I'm like, no, that sounds dumb. <laughs> so, um, but uh, what actually, like, he badgered me so long. I was like, man, fine. I'll go give it a try. Yeah. And uh, we went and played this field called uh, Shadow Lake, which was like the biggest field in uh, Seattle at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, it was like, as soon as, I mean, you, as soon as you play, you like, you know, he was like, why did I not come play? Like, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Everything about it. Was why the like, pushback? Yeah. Like, I was like using a rental, like, Titman back in the day. The Titmans back in the day were not the Titmans you're used to under tournament games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was clunky, it was horrible, but like goggles fogging, but it was just fun. It was like you're running around the woods and it was awesome. I remember like taking off my goggles in the middle of the game and having a ref <laughs> scream at me and stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. like, what is happening here? Yeah. Like everything was just super exciting about it. And I mean, I mean, I wasn't by any means good at it, but like it was like I could see like it was super fun. Yeah. Like, it was like I, had, I hadn't had that much fun doing anything for. Cause like when you get out of high school and you don't like go, I mean, we just, I was just going to community college. So I wasn't like mm-hmm. playing sports or anything. I was just like messing around playing basketball with my friends, but like I hadn't had a rush of like a good activity like that in, in like a couple of years. So it was like, it just took hold instantly. I think it's one of those things where, you know, because of just the American kind of way of things, the dream, you know, you're playing little league and playing t-ball and then playing uh the little league football and this and you kind of you grow up with these sports and you almost you're, you're almost kind of numb like you enjoy playing them because they're a sport and you're, you're outside yeah, yeah, and everything sure. but you're almost numb to like the the adrenaline it, it's hard to explain because i enjoyed those sports but at the same time you were so used to them and then i think when paintball kind of came along it was such a new rush. It was. It was this. Yeah, it's, it's outside the structure of what you're exactly used to for a sport. And it was still a team game because like you can't just go. It was like what I was like walked on. It was like twenty on twenty walk-ons. Like you can't just be like, well, it's only me. Like so, it's yeah. still a team game. So like, when you get killed your first game, you talk to the people you're with, and you're like, hey, uh, what happened? Let's let's make a plan. Yeah. And they're like, all right, you guard guard the flag. I mean, all the basic silly paintball things. You guard the flag. I'll lay in this bush over here, and when they come in, we'll maybe we'll get them. And then like you try yeah. that. It doesn't work because you're playing against people that play every weekend and it's a nightmare but like at least there's that little bit of camaraderie that goes in with like a team right. like you're like all right i can get into this like i could talk to people and mm-hmm. so like it's kind of one of the places i actually was actually comfortable talking to people was like during sports or like an activity like i don't know you know me pretty well like i'm very quiet like right. away from like a game you know so mm-hmm. it was like it was like that it's easier for me to get to know people doing an activity like that yeah 
than just walking up to somebody and be like, hey, hi, I'm John. How are you doing? You know, well, I think you you, I <laughs> you come from a place of commonality, right? With that, you know, you guys are both doing something that you both enjoy together. So you have kind of that that base sandwich of uh, you'd be like, oh, yeah, you, you do this? Oh, yeah, I do this too. Okay, we're, we're at some kind of understanding so you can base the conversation off of something. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, so you're, you're going and, and you play and now was it at that time when it was like, I need to figure out what I need to get the gear I need to get who, which, yeah, actually, you know, yeah, who else is sure. playing like that, that day. I ran it all day. We played for like, it was like eight hours. Like, I mean, whatever it cost back in the day, it was like a hundred <laughs> bucks. And I like, cause we just kept buying paint and it was like, mm-hmm. oh, let's play again. Well, we need another bag of 20 rounds. It's like a hundred bucks or like whatever it was. It was crazy. Like yeah. I spent a lot of money that day, but like. I made him take me to the paintball store, the local paintball store, and I was like, "All right, I need a gun. I'm obviously I'm gonna play tomorrow, so I don't want you yeah. to piece of junk I had." <laughs> so like, he made me take him to the store, and there's like all the guns in the walls, and yeah. Even in that that day, there's that's the autocockers heyday. There's automags. There were guns up there for twelve hundred dollars. Oh what yeah, what is going on? <laughs> what is yeah. this? Like, you stepped into this world, yeah. So I bought this gun called an F4 Illustrator, which is for the Northwest. It's a pretty popular gun back in the day. It was pretty, I mean, it was like 250 bucks for the whole setup, which was, I mean, still it's a pretty chunk of change for a 19 year old, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But like, and then I used that for two weeks and the thing was clunky. The trigger hurt when you shoot it. And like, if you didn't have gloves on, it was like a pain. Yeah. And then, um, so I played like, I literally played for like six months every weekend. I, both days. Yeah. Just draining all my money. So I bought, I traded that in, got an auto mag and like started using that. Those are really simple to shoot, but. Yeah, just go, just grinding every weekend for like six months, and um, yeah, it was awesome. Like it was like a whole different. I've never, I had never had that much fun, like especially that time. It was, it was crazy. Did you? Were you more of on the auto mag bandwagon than the auto cocker bandwagon? Um, I, well, at first you would think because they're simple, like they're, they're right. It was cheaper. It was clean. It was a very like it was like a little tight package. Yeah, and you you saw people with auto cockers just take their bolt out and drop it on the ground. Oh, it's a nightmare. It's like a nightmare. And you're like, wow, those are crazy. Like, what are you even using that gun for? And I had all the pneumatics in the front, and you're like, what? Did you make that yourself? Like, like that's a thing? Yeah. Because, like, the automag and the autococker back in the day, if you, like, didn't know anything about them, like, the automag looked like a, a piece of, like, it was, like, fine-tuned craftsman machinery. The other thing looks like there's something someone made in their basement. Like, it was, like, it looked kind of weird. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it was like, the autococker did not look great, but, um, uh, I, I, I kind of got lucky because like Washington Rain back mm-hmm. in the day is like like one of the, like, at that time they were an amateur team. We would like when I joined them we went on to get go pro, but like they're like the best amateur team in America. They had won like numerous amateur events when MPPL just started for ten man, mm-hmm. and all those guys would come to the field randomly and they come they'd show up for like an hour and kick everyone's ass. Yeah, and I noticed they're all using autocockers, so I was just like, oh man, that gun must be amazing. <laughs> right. so I bought one of those things and then it just was like. That gun was like a hunk of crap. Because yeah. like, it's, like the stock autococker in 1997 was yeah. like the big giant back block, the pneumatic. They couldn't adjust anything. Uh-huh. There's a plastic grip frame. It's pot metal. Like I remember, I dove into a just a bunker and it broke in half. And it's just like, what is what is this thing? <laughs> so like, I saw my mag. So I just used yeah. it. But like, like yeah. I mean, it, I get. I became like super like autococker was the, the thing for me. But like. It, it took a bit to get used to it. And it. I mean, it takes a lot to make that gun good from not nowadays. Nowadays you can buy one. It's just like awesome. But like back right. then it's like you had to dump tons of money on those things. Yeah. And then you also had to know how to make them work. You couldn't just take it apart and be like, well, I'm going to put it back together. It, 
You right. put the hoses on backwards. Like you had to know what you were doing. You Very high maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never, I never really got on the bandwagon. wagon. I just couldn't too high maintenance for me. And you know, I, I like taking shit apart and tinkering with it. But when it comes to something like, I don't know, for some reason, something like that, it's just, it seems like a just big pain in the ass that I just don't want to deal with. It seems like it, it, because there's like a big learning curve on that gun. Mm -hmm. Once you figure it out, it's it's simple. It's like, have a little issue, and you're like, oh, I I know exactly how to fix that. It's like a couple seconds. But if you don't know it, like you could destroy your gun trying to figure out what the problem is, because there's, I mean, there's only three different things on the gun that, like, it's all timing related. It's, It's really simple, actually, if you learn it, but it's like, yeah, going into it, it's very scary. Gun looks insane. It doesn't look like it, it should be used because it has all the pneumatics in the front. It looks mm-hmm. like an exposed, like I don't know, like a like a printing press or something. Because it has all the junk. <laughs> yeah. up, so who knows what's going on? There. It was probably my ADD that was like, no, you don't even, no, don't even try it. Don't even, yeah, don't even try and learn. What's it. funny is like uh, when I was at Avalanche and we were like the we were the top uh, WGP team for the Angel. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't use the Angel. I used an autococker. Really. For a year, and I was, and they, they, all those, the angel guys were like, "You, you gotta use an angel." I'm like, "I, no, I, don't, I hate that guy. I'm not using it." And like, they're like, "Oh, this guy can't be on your team." And I'd be like, "No, we kind of need him, so we're just gonna let him do whatever he wants over there." It wasn't until the LCD came out that I actually switched over to the angel. When I was like, "That, that was a good one." Yeah. But like the original angel, I don't know about that one. That's yeah. not good. I like the autocopter anyway. So how did the whole Washington rain? Um, how did you jump on that squad? Was it just kind of a, a tryout thing, or was it a? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was because um, they were the only team in the area. They were the only like major team anyway. I mean, there was teams. There was a team called like Paladin that could play like they played some low, like uh, regional ten mans for amateur. Because mm-hmm. back in the day, there was only pro and am, so like, right. there was like amateur B, and there was nothing else. So it was like either you were like top level amateur team or you didn't travel. So right. there was like them. There's other couple local teams. So like. I jumped like early on. I played for like three or four months, and then I convinced my buddy Jojo. He, he like funny thing about Jojo. He played for a couple of years, and he was just happy playing walk-ons. Yeah. But as soon as we started playing, I'm like, oh, we gotta get on a team. Let's go play tournaments. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So like I drug him into this like the tournament aspect of sport. We played for this team called Sting. It was like a local team at the time. It was like mm-hmm. I had played for like four months. Got got on that team, and then quickly learned that like although they're nice guys, they weren't very good. You know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was like. I was just looking to keep on like progressing on the best team I can get, play with the best play- players. And then Washington Rain was having tryouts because they were they went pro the that year, and then they were having they're setting up an amateur team. Mm-hmm. So they're having tryouts for this amateur team. I just, just went out and like I didn't know anybody. I'm like, this is pretty wild. This is pretty scary. <laughs> but like yeah, just yeah, just went out for a tryout. Um, just kind of balled out, and they're like, who who is this dude? Like who are these guys? Like. Cause like they kind of knew Jojo cause he had been around right. and I was like, who is your friend? <laughs> it's like, where did he come from? And he's like, Oh, he just started playing a couple months ago. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about a couple months ago? Jeez. So like, yeah. So like I made that team pretty quickly. And then, um, like from there, it was like 97, we went to a Vegas tournament, which was my first amateur, like 10 man hmm. with Washington rain. And I played did- with that amateur team played for a year on that team. And I got moved up to the pro team. But then when I got moved to the pro team, it was actually some weird thing happened where we ran out of sponsorship because, like, JT at the time was the biggest sponsor of that team. Mm-hmm. And they, they couldn't afford to have, like, a, like a third pro team or third or fourth, whatever it was. And then uh, Ron Kilborn actually bought the team and uh, made a team called Bushwhackers Rain. 
Mm-hmm. Like, maybe no, most people won't remember that, but he was like the captain. He funded everything, but it was like all nine of the like the Washington Pro guys and Ron. And I was like, we played on that team for a year. Where was he? Cool. Was he based out of California? Yeah, the Bushwhackers are like an old school like California team. Yeah, who were always like good, but they're never like the Ironmen. They're always like second tier pro. Yeah, yeah. And then like he was just looking like he had, he had knew uh, like you know Psalm right obviously. Mm-hmm. So like Psalm was kind of like the, the like, knew everyone because he was like the captain of the Washington Rain, and so like they worked it out. Like Ron was just looking for a team. He wanted to like have the, a good team, and like a lot of Bushwhackers guys were like they're good, but they're like not as dedicated as like you had to be at that time. Like, even, right. even back at that time, you still had to be somewhat dedicated to playing and knowing mm-hmm. the game. <clears throat> yeah, so he just came in with the funding and he kind of saved us and then he made us like, he was just going to be the Bushwhackers, but like I guess Psalm didn't want to give up the rain name. So I just thought Bushwhackers rain was kind of a strange name. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, but for a year we played under that little banner and that's like my official first year of professional paintball. And that was like, I think 97, maybe 98 in there. So Psalm from Washington? Yeah, yeah, he, he's from here. Now, did he make the move over to Avalanche before you did? Yeah, uh, so like uh, the, we played that year with Ron, and then um, we did okay. We uh, we we played some amazing games, and we but we didn't have any finals. Mm-hmm. And it was like him flying an entire team from Washington to go everywhere. It was like it was draining Jeez. his budget, and he didn't want to. It was different from what he was doing. So right. like he broke. Like he was like, "All right, we're not going to fund the team anymore." It's like you guys are going to have to just do it yourselves. And hit Jeremy, Mark Knopp. You remember Mark Knopp? Mm-hmm. And this other guy, Jerry uh, Williamson, joined Avalanche. And then I was like, they were like, oh, we all, we all this other guy, we want this guy, John, to come with us. And then it was Ed and Chris and those guys, and they're like, who the hell is that dude? Like, no, we're not just picking up random people here. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, like, they're like, all right, well, give him a try at least. So, it's like, so they were on the team. And then, um, have the, this, is, this is kind of murky that was a long time ago. So, what I was like, I played this Vegas tournament. And they were refing, and the whole time Psalm's like, "Just go watch this guy." And I played with my original. The first time I ever played was his team staying when like there's a ten man amateur. So mm-hmm. I was playing with those guys, and Psalm would be like, "Yo, just watch this guy play." And then so like I would, he was like, "Hey, just do whatever you can. Just just go crazy. Like you know, right. you don't care if you win or lose the team. Just do whatever out there. Run around, just be crazy." So I was like, "All right, I'll do that." So I just played as hard as I could, and then from that they were like, "All right, come out and try out in Oregon." And I was like, okay, I guess I'll come try out for Avalanche. Because, like, when Avalanche had just turned to Avalanche, I like, when I started playing, they were Easy Company. And mm-hmm. then, like, they had just turned to Avalanche. And it was, like, it was kind of a weird time. Because, like, you could just make, like, a logo. And then now you were, like, this amazing 10-man team. Sure. <laughs> so, but, like, their history wasn't that great. But, like, Avalanche in itself was, like, now a top-level pro team. So I'm like, oh, man, that's crazy. I'm going to try for this team. Yeah. I've been playing for, like, a year. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> so... Yeah, so I went down to Oregon and was a tryout, and yeah, I just kind of went crazy and definitely made it. And then everywhere I went, I made sure to be around Chris because I could tell Chris ran that entire team. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, do moves, I'd run through and do all these crazy stuff. And every time Chris would be like, just who is this guy? Where'd he come from? <laughs> it's like, <"It's> pretty fun. <laughs> so, did you feel like uh, paintball and your position on the field? Do you feel like it came pretty naturally to you? Um. Uh, somewhat like I was like front. I always played the front. I like, only later in that I like transitioned to the back, where like shooting that kind of thing. I was never a great shot, which is 
it's weird because every, everyone in paintball is like, oh, it's deadly accurate. I always would be shooting this stuff, and I'd be like, how am I hitting, not hitting this guy? So, I was like, right, is that what, that, so that's the whole secret behind all the run-throughs. You just yeah, said, so you got to like, get really I, close there, but So I just like, I eventually like, well, just, well, I, I learned a bunch from this dude named Darren who was on Washington Rain, the pro team, when mm-hmm. I was on the Amish team. And he was like, every time we'd practice, he would like make it a point to come bunker me. And it's like, he was just, I'd be like, all right, like, just go bunker. I'd be like, of course, it's Darren. Just run by me, bunker yeah. me. So like, I'd be like, how does he just run in the open and get me? Like he's way over there right. and he'd come get me and I'd be like, all right, I got to figure out how to do this. So like, that's, uh, that's kind of how I modeled after like doing the run throughs and going to bunker someone. And I was like, as soon as I started doing that, that like opened up, that was so much more fun than trying to be like, blink, 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 blink. Mm-hmm. And, maybe hit someone and they'll cheat you anyway especially in the woods it's like if you hit them put them on the neck you know they're dead <laughs> yeah run by them, you know <laughs> yeah i have the i have the same thing i always thought about that too and um you know it was like like you chris um oliver uh was really good like all those guys who had really good timing and run throughs and i i loved all those because i felt like it was like this weird guttural feeling that you were just like gotta go and you like somehow everybody's gun would be looking the opposite way and you'd split this seam. And I love just the, the flowiness of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Cause like, like, you know, you see the windows and then you don't go and you're like, Oh man, I could have went. Right. And then you see different lanes change, but something like people really, like explain how you know when to go. It's like, yeah, I might be able to, like, on the field, think in that moment, be like, all right, so that guy's shooting right and that guy's shooting left. There's a window there. All right, maybe I can go to, like, you could break that down and think that's how you think, but you don't really think that way while you're playing the game. Yeah. You just kind of naturally know this one guy is holding this window, that guy's holding this window, the guy that's holding me down is on me. Now his back guy switched, that guy back guy switched, and at the same time this guy's loading. So now like, mm-hmm. you instinctively know, like, all right, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get him for sure. And then I also, in my head, I'm remembering where these other people were. Now I'm going to try and, I'm going to get him and I'm going to try and pick up two or three more. Yep. And like, whatever reason, it kind of would always work out that way. I'd get the first guy and I'd go on to the next guy. Mm. And the other dude was like, had his gun down. He's just looking at me. I'd look at him and we're lock eyes and I'm shooting at him and he's loading. And I mean, yeah. something like this. Right, right. And like, I just run by him. Right? Like, oh, how'd that happen? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I felt like it was like, for me, I felt like it was like 75% of the time it worked. Yeah, I, I mean, would say seven and seventy. I w- I would take seventy five percent chance. Uh, oh, I I would take I, it for right, sure. Yeah. And it, it's it's hard to explain to people too. It's like you were saying, um, you're doing all this decision making and thought processing in a half a second. Like like you're 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 thinking about all this and then you're deciding to go. Like you know, I I remember, I remember my thing was always you know shoot two guys in, shoot depending on situation shoot one or two guys in. And know where the second, third, and fourth guy are, and and, and obviously know where they're shooting. But yeah, y- you can do all that really quickly uh, if you walk the field. A, um, if you walk the field and you kind of know where uh, you know a decent spot would be to be able to go get somebody. Um, I, I think walking a field and just repetitive, uh, rep- you know, repetitions of of doing it over and over and having that feeling and and taking that feeling seriously to be able to get up and go. Um, I think doing that multiple times helps out a hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's the willingness to put it out there. Like, right. Like you're never going to run through if you don't get up and run through, you know, mm-hmm. like there's never going to happen. It's like, you might be like, all right, I could put this guy in and that guy might shoot at me. Uh, 
uh, I don't know, should I go or not? Like, if you have that like hesitation, you're never gonna go. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of people in practice that will pull this stuff off. And you're like, oh, that was great. Like, why don't you ever do that in a tournament? And then that whatever reason that'll like they'll buckle down in a tournament. Like, oh, I'm scared or whatever reason. Like, yeah. this has never happened. It was like run through a tournament because like you're trying to win. Like, uh, there's there's no reason not to try to win. Right. Especially if, like if that is your strength is being able to like put multiple variables together and be able to keep track of different people. Like mm-hmm. I was always very good at like situationally, situationally aware of where people were shooting and their, their habits and whatnot. And they would go through these and then you go two minutes in and you could, you kind of knew the back rack guy would be inside for like, he'd just shoot a lane at you and then he'd go back to the wire. Mm-hmm. So you know that. And then the back center guy would be wired on you and he'd go to the other side. So now you have this big hole. Like, is there anything to do with it? Not, not yet. And yeah. then the back center guy would go into this insert bunker and you're like, now I can just do whatever I want. I can stand with this bunker, shoot at him, and I can just walk through the middle of this field. Yeah. This one guy was in the right spot at the right time now for him, but then he bumped into like a, an insert bunker and now mm-hmm. that hurt him, although he thinks he's going to fill up and be better. But like he's now he's down and not, now you can stand over top of your bunker, right. get control on people, and then you can make moves off that. Right. It's putting yourself in those situations too to be able to, to be at that point and that position in the game to be able to make that decision. And I don't know if five man X ball has so much of that, like what seven man used to. No, it does. It's, it's, it's completely different. Oh, dude, Especially I, with that. I mean, the coaching dynamic obviously ruins most of it, but like, if it's just like, there's not enough people on the field where like you have, there's not enough variables where like if seven man, there's two dudes that are always standing in the corners mm-hmm. and they're shooting everywhere. There's a couple guys down. And then in five man, like if it's just you five people, like yeah, you might be able to put a guy in, but like you're you're worth way more. That's what, mm-hmm. especially in the ten man days. Like in ten man days, run throughs were like way more prevalent because like you're one dude against ten dudes. If you die and you only get one, well it's a, it's a draw. If you die and you get four, that's a massive shift. Oh yeah. And if you die and get no one, this it's not that big a loss, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like do better. It, it, I think it helped growing up in that era. So, yeah. Like, I could go run through and then be like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I saw a move. I'm going to, I'm going to always go. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm <running> a track. <laughs> yeah. I, I, t- I told myself that earlier on too. I was like, you know, you have to, because I liked playing up front so much and being in the mix. I was like, I got it. You have to trust your instincts so much more playing front. I feel, um, oh, completely. Yeah. in order to be effective anyway. Sure. It's, 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 it's tough, man. A lot, I think a lot of people think that it's such this one-mindedness uh, position, but I feel like there's so much control of the field up there, um, whether you're shooting or not, just by occupy, occupying the spot. Oh, just, yeah, just the being spot. a bunker, that's, a, that's yeah. massive for a front player. Being alive is the is a front player's best asset. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, I mean, if you're not, like, if you have, they have a snake and you don't have a snake, the whole field is different. Like, yeah. The snake guy can just shoot at you forever in the middle of the field. If there's no threat of someone coming around and bunkering him in the back, but if he has a mirror, like he can't just come over the middle and just dominate the field. He has to be aware of his mirror. He's got to fight the mirror. He's got to do all kinds of stuff on the other side of the field. So when he's down, you know he's not just like I'm just cut in more or whatever waiting for you. And I think that's what kind of that's another separation between pros and amateurs and these divisional guys. You know, I think there's there's stages of the game. There's there's stages to each match that you play to each game that you play. You know, obviously it's getting to your spot and getting there alive. um, You know, and getting there within the first. 15 20 seconds whatever and and being alive but that's stage one and now stage two you have to make the right decisions the right gunfights and you know make the right bumps 
um, to get to stage two to be productive. Because not only being alive is is key as a front player, but you also have to be productive, and you have to be efficient, and you have to be continuously. Um, uh, uh, what's what's the term I'm looking for? Where you just uh, consistent. You, you Con- have to controlling. Be. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I liked that spot so much because I felt like there was a lot of pressure on my shoulders, um, or or maybe maybe I did that to myself to maybe help me perform better, um, because I could I get I get I got bored so easily. <laughs> yeah, you definitely had ADD. It's <laughs> like I'm doing. What am I doing? I want to go fucking shoot somebody. Like, go go. That's what um was great. Remember the. Uh, when we first both got on excessive, and I, I had uh, I had that hernia surgery, so I couldn't play that first event. Yeah, LA. In LA when it was raining. Yeah. So I was coaching, and then I remember Rich was like, "This is Carl. He's real fast. Just run him all over the place." So I'd be like, <laughs> "All right, well, if I was super fast, where could I go on this field?" <laughs> like I'd be like, "Here comes this Aztec. Slide in here and come and shoot both those guys down the bomb side. And you'd make it and do it." I'm like. Wow, this guy's great. <laughs> like, run him all over the place. <laughs> it's like, I just kept sending you to these insane spots. And you're like, really? I'm like, yeah, do it. You can make it. <laughs> like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah could, you guys did tell, a lot like, of convincing. You, like, you were definitely like a missile, but you weren't quite sure how you far you could get, especially in X-Balls. Like, you're new mm-hmm. to it. So I was like, man, you could ma- easily make that bunker. Like, you'll be sliding in. You'll be shooting the back guy. They'll have no idea. Yeah, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I just love that you would always do. I was like, go for it, and you're like, I'm doing it, <laughs> dude. I always, I always like being the risk taker. It's like you, you don't know until you actually try. And yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest downfalls to, uh, to someone uh, progressing, is telling themselves that they can't do something. And, and you know, you guys helped me out in that because I was a little self conscious, especially being from Titman Effect. And, you know, trying to impress you guys and trying to be the best that I could. You guys were always, you can do it. You can make it. You can make this shot. You can make this spot. You can do this. You can do that. And I was like, you, you really, everybody on that team have really helped me kind of make that giant step to the next level. I mean, yeah, it's a big step, too. I mean, that's the biggest thing in paintball is, like, self-confidence or just confidence and, like, you you can do this is, like, it's actually it's more important than being able to shoot straight or be able to have good gun skills or right. being able to like be perfectly tight and be aware of all your body and won't get clipped in the foot or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're confident that you're like, I'm gonna come up, put this guy in, put this next guy in, and go with this Dorito. Like you're gonna be able to do it because like you're gonna come up and put dead on shots in the guy and the guy is shooting at you, maybe he's worried about getting shot. So he's gonna as soon as it's even near him, he's gonna go in. Exactly. I mean, and you just go you're by it. So like it's huge. Anytime I ever blew something, it was because I was second guessing myself doing it. Right. I can I definitely remember that throughout my entire career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. It was, you know, I remember I I would always because I always liked being accurate too. I I, I was always a big, um, I'm always a big advocate of like one two shots, like making sure those first two shots are very very accurate. Yeah, yeah. And I would always I would always beat myself up out loud verbally on the field whenever I would make, like miss a shot I'd be like fuck punch like, yourself in the head and like what like, am I what doing <laughs> how do you miss that shot but um but I remember one of the first times uh, I had I practiced with that um excessive uh Rich had pulled me aside and was doing some snap shooting drills with me and fucked me up and I was like dude I need to get way better dude, he was, he way was more amazing. accurate he was an amazing gunfighter it was ridiculous I mean, probably still is but like he put I t- work into it did I tell you that story of like he, he pulled me aside? I actually I shot him first 
And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I had a little bit of confidence in myself and everything. Had a little, I was like, all right. He goes, all right, line up again. And every fucking time <laughs> after that, he blew my knuckles apart. My forehead <laughs> was bleeding. It was like, it was a mess. And he's like, get back in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm good. You're winning all this. And <laughs> I was like, oh I'm my God. <laughs> I have a long way to go. That was fun nah, team. Nah, he, was, he was, uh, dude, he, um, speaking of rich, like he is, of anyone besides probably maybe uh, just originally got Darren and Chris who like kind of helped shape how I played paintball. Like I'd give credit to Rich for like really instilling work ethic and fundamental paintball into me. And like he he made me from someone that was like like freewheeling to do stuff to being someone that could gunfight, control lanes, and like and like had to step into that next level of being able to be tight, accurate, and not like just go in when someone shot at you all the time. Cause I used to like, if I was gunfighting someone, I'd be like, I'm way more valuable alive than dead. So just go ahead and shoot. I'm not even going to shoot back at you. Right. Right. And it, it took him to being like, no, we're, we're going to gunfight people. Like we're going we're gonna to the same thing. He'd be like, all right, we're going to do these spools. Uh, we're going to gunfight for 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be like, we're doing it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, it was, I mean, that's huge. And it, it took that like learning how like much of a difference that made. And you mm. notice in the games, like you notice when you're playing someone that's not tight, that's not on it, you know, and you're like you have, you instantly know you have dominance on them. Yeah, you can almost predict right. their elbow, or or you, you can predict their their next movement. Yeah, exactly. Now, would you say all your years through your your years through Avalanche and then through Miami Effect, um, right? Miami Effect and then Infamous. Avalanche, and then... yeah. We, Avalanche, we broke up, we left, and then we went to Miami Effect. And then from Miami Effect, we made Infamous. And then Infamous, and then to Excessive. Um, would you say that being on Excessive was the turning point like you were talking about? Like, really honing in on everything and your capabilities? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, yeah, it would. I would say that was, like, the pinnacle of, like, like probably the best years I played. Like, I was always, like, regarded as, like, one of the better players in fanball. Mm-hmm. But I was always get by on be able to be, able to be like, more, like, sneaky or... Sure. Just knowing the fields better. Like I put a lot of work into walking fields. So I know that I have no fields like especially back in the day, like you showed up to the tournament, and that's when you got to walk the field. Mm-hmm. So if you put in work and you understood how fields worked, you kinda had an advantage of people who had to play fields to get it. So I always kinda have that advantage, just like the natural instinct of doing that. It took like when we went to made infamous, like I was starting to get like starting to realize what the importance is of like gun skills and shooting left-handed and all like being aware of your elbow and your head placement and all that kind of thing. Did you shoot right-handed out of left-handed bunker? Uh, Were you one of those guys? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back in Avalanche days, no one shot off-handed. It was, it was a rare, rare, really dude ever. Like cause early, early 10 man ball. It was like fast paced for the day. Like there was no, there was no real time where like, if you were like, like goon handing it there was not any more advantageous <laughs> than like because you would never have to switch and like someone would be right next to you right i'll be like if someone made a monker you'd just be like oh all right i'm gonna shoot this guy now like no it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like it wasn't like i mean there was times it was all pressed but like it wasn't like necessary right i wouldn't until like x ball and seven man started coming around is when you started like noticing all right yeah if you can't shoot left-handed we're gonna have problems out here right so like yeah i would say like definitely like getting on excessive kind of like it, it took me from like being like top level to like honed top level you know mm-hmm. now did you get along with everybody right away on on that team or who, how uh, did how did that how did that actually come about uh it was, it was kind of in the works for a couple months 
at the end of the season of I think it was 2003. So we won. We ran the infamous. We won. We won the first tournament we played Tampa. We won the second tournament we played in Denver. And then we kind of like we we finished like second for the year. And then the next season, like we, everyone had high hopes. We like we were like, oh man, we're gonna we're gonna rack. We're gonna win all these tournaments. And like mm-hmm. we had never we never did we win any? I don't even think we won one that year. We were always like second or third. Right. And it was like. I always kind of, I was at that point where like people were like weren't putting in the work I thought that we needed to do. That's kind of when I started noticing, like, if you don't work on this, we're never going to be dynasty playing seven days a week, like right. five, six, seven days a week. We're playing on every other weekend. You know what I mean, like you're not getting to catch up to the someone that's hungry, more skills, younger, has the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have kids, doesn't have other responsibilities. You're never going to catch that team unless you're willing to up your efforts. And like I would like talk to guys, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I might come down and we'll go play." And then I and like it's just like it wasn't happening. So mm-hmm. I mean, so like I was kind of looking for a team that was more dedicated to like being a real professional paintball team. Yeah. And it didn't hurt they offered me a bunch of money. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also I, I didn't want to work and play paintball anymore. Right. I mean, like I was. That's what I've, they've been doing like since I got out of high school. I was working a job, playing pro leave for the weekend, come back, you use all your, you miss the Monday, mm-hmm. you're using all your vacation time, you don't have no vacation time, you're barely getting by, and it's a struggle. So that's, I mean, I, I wanted to be a professional paintball player. That was my goal at that time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to only play paintball, get paid for it, and be the best I can do to play. Yeah. And they, they gave me that chance. Now, were you looking to, uh, I mean, because at, at some point, did you think that it wasn't going to last forever? And were you looking to work in the industry at all after the fact? Um, At that point, no. It was kind of blowing up. So I kind of, I'm, I mean, not going to say it was like I was banking all my hopes on it. But like, there was a lot of money. I was just kind time. of in it. So I wasn't like planning. I wasn't like yeah. pre-planning all my life out. I was just like, I was living with my girl where like, she was going through college and like, we're just getting bills made. But like. I was able to do it. I was able to go to every tournament. I was able to practice whenever I wanted. I was able to do everything. That was at that point. I was. I mean, it's probably short-sighted in the long run. But were you living in San Diego at the time? Yeah, yeah. Well, when I first got on Excessive, I was living in Virginia. With oh, Where that's I, right. Uh, yeah, I was working for Pebs. And that's that when was, Rusty that was, was over when, there. Uh, Infamous started rolling. It was like I needed a job where I could travel constantly. Right. And Pev, uh, Pev offered me a job working in his warehouse. And was, he was like, you could do all the tournaments, you can do everything you want to do, and you always, all, you always have a spot. I'm not going to worry about if you're here on Friday and you're not late back on Monday. You'll always, you'll always be like good for that. Yeah. So that was wild. Living on the East Coast was not great. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we, I, I remember being on that team was, uh, you know, with all you guys and and all you killers and everything. It was, it was such a cool experience, and um, just getting to know you, and because you, I, I, I knew of all you guys, and then being able to learn from all you guys was such a huge advantage for me. Um, because I got so many different play styles to learn from. Yeah. You get, you get like, especially a team of that size at that time. Yeah. Cause that was like the heyday of the 20 man roster, you know? Mm-hmm. So like we had like two legitimate pro teams playing seven man and a, yeah. a whole, it all, we would come together for the expo team. So you had all these different kinds of play styles. Like you had a rich, how he plays like super decisive. Not, he's never going to like move anywhere, but he's like, like he has all the field wired, you know, you could play Davey, like very defensive counter puncher, like how he reads the field is different from other people. Mm-hmm. You have Nikki and plays like a wild man. Like it took me a long time to get Nikki under control. 
<laughs> but he was also he was also that hype man almost for the team. Oh, dude, he was he was awesome. I mean, yeah. way, like uh, like uh, Thomas, like he was just mm-hmm. wild. Like he was want to go everywhere, gonna rage out on people, gonna be shooting constantly. Like he's never gonna go down. Like mm-hmm. it's like you take all those little aspects of different people, and you can kind of mold your own way through that. And then we had these all these quiet killers of like you, Maddie, Micah, Neil. Uh, Shane, you know, like dude, all yeah, these. Neil never got, never Neil, unfortunately, never got the respect he deserved. That's for sure. Dude, he was nasty. He was locked down corner. He'd he would pull so many games out for us. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Where did he? Where did he come out of? Uh, he was uh, San Jose. He played. I think the first time I ever saw him, I think he was playing for the San Jose Sharks. That was like in the early like ninety nine, two thousand. I saw him long, long before I met him. Yeah. But like he was like he lived in Sacramento, so he was always in that northern area. Mm-hmm. Like just jumping on local teams and that kind of thing. I think he might have played for the Bushwhackers. I'm not sure exactly. But. I think so too, dude. His his field awareness was nasty. Yeah, yeah. Sure. He, you know, who reminded me a lot of him um, was uh, was Glenn Takamoto. I feel like they yeah, had a little bit, they, little they bit. had. Glenn, I think turned into that a little bit. Yes. Yeah, but I think I think Neil was was he was such an underrated um, anchor. He's a, that he team. was not the because like usually the bad guys were like taller, bigger, so he was like a like five seven hundred and ten pound bad guy. So it was like <laughs> yeah. he would just be like, "Who's that dude back there?" You know, it was like yeah, so like he was like yeah, he was on it. He was had a good voice. He kept track of the game. He'd always have the kill counts on. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, and then he would close out games. Like he'd do stuff, and you'd be yeah. like, "Where are you going? Oh, oh, that's working." <laughs> You're like, all right, yeah. Like, I remember times he like he I, we'd, I'd be on the fifty. The games would be like four on four, and like usually you don't want your back guy running past you on the other side of the field doing some, something crazy. You'd be like, "What are you doing?" And be like, "Oh, you shot three dudes. All right, cool. Oh yeah, oh it's Neil. Okay, like, go right, ahead. Nice. Okay. I like it. And I, I, he's one of those. He's one of those guys where you know you have the 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 guys who are out there, the Flash, the Nicky Cubas, the 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 Thomases, and everybody. But then I think a lot of people forget about you know like guys like Neil, who who if it weren't for them to be able to uh you know close those games out and be as as key as they were um you probably wouldn't have that same team and the same results no there's there's no way there's no way because like you never you always need those clutch guys you need the guys always going to be alive you need yeah. someone like hey you don't shoot anyone but you're always there and that's in a game i close it out like i don't need to shoot two dudes over your head you're supposed to shoot people at the beginning like yeah like you always need the guy that's going to always be alive back there yeah and it's like if it's hiding in the corner is like it's kind of frowned upon for a lot of people, but like, just be alive. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. die back there. You know, you have to be alive back there. Which is such an easy thing for us to say, you know, because oh. it, and and even you know even a lot of people are like, oh, corner guy. You know, I think that's the thing is they don't take them uh, seriously too. Is like, but you don't understand like. You're coming out into lanes. You're controlling. You you're you're shooting from across field. So you have you have paint in the air sometimes that you're fighting through, and it, it's not close quarter fighting. Like it's it's distance fighting, and there's there's such a huge skill to that. Yeah, because like you can't hear the people shooting at you really. Like if you're in the face right. and your mirror is shooting you, like you know the guy's shooting at you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in the corner. You can't you can't even come out and like just you have to come out and kind of look in the sky above you before because like you could a stream could be coming and you could don't if you just come out and shoot like this you have to get dick dick you know yeah. you have to come out and like kind of be aware of the whole field in front of you mm-hmm. for sure and then you got to wrap more to also look for like where people moved in the meantime while you were downloading or whatever you're doing yeah like it's I mean not one position is more important than the other it's just it's just a huge skill set like it's an super important to have 
every good player on the field. Like every pro team has top pro team. All the players are great at everything. But like mm-hmm. that's why like it's easy to discount a back player because like oh you could just you just sit back and shoot. You don't really do anything. Right. But they're doing tons of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. I I think another thing I remember back then uh, with excessive was um, that rivalry we we had with Dynasty. I think that was that was such a a, man. It was so memorable, just back and forth between X Ball uh, and Seven Man. It was like a year, almost two years. The only teams in the finals of X Ball and the MPPL were Mm -hmm. Dynasty against XFL every 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 tournament. Yeah, like that doesn't happen. (laughs) It it made for such a sweet dynamic. Yeah, it was crazy. And like we'd like it was like we'd struggle, we'd barely make the fun like the semis, and then we'd get there and Dynasty would be closing out, or they would just barely squeak again and be like, Oh, we got them this time and yeah. they'd win. It was it was yeah, it was wild. <laughs> it was like it was like you could count on it for sure. There was gonna be excessive dynasty. This is the finals. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, like that does like there's no way that happens ever again. No, no, and I well I think the the game itself, um has changed a lot. I mean, what what do you think are some of the things uh of of past or of present that you think have changed for the, for the better or worse? I mean, what, what things have you noticed that you might not agree with? Um, well, I've been out for a bit. The only, the ICC was the best first time I played paintball since 2011. And that <laughs> was fun. Year. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, for like, but I mean, I mean I've been watching X-Ball. It's definitely, it's, I don't know. Like, I don't like the split deck format. That's mm-hmm. terrible. I think like, you can't like follow the game that well. Cause like the two other teams come on and it's like, it's hard trying to watch two games at one time. Yeah. Um, I don't like the race two format. It should definitely be, I think it should be like a time There's The fields are kind of insane. Now there's way too many bunkers and all the bunkers are way too big. Mm-hmm. Like you could basically walk to a snake. You're someone in a snake, both sides, basically every point, like right. the snakes and Dorito and the, the 50 snake or the sub back in the day, they used to like, it took work to get there. That's why when you got there, you got to shoot three people. Right, it, right. It was hard to get to that bunker. Now you just walk there, and now you crawl past people, and you shoot them in the butt. You didn't work for that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took no effort to run 40 yards on the break and slide in from behind all these other massive bunkers. That's yeah. like I, I think they need to like make maybe make the fields a little bigger, get rid of some of these giant bunkers that block all the angles. I mean, like you're taking away like the flow of the game from someone that can hold lanes. So because like you just run by them because like they can't you can't hold up like two feet and then another two feet. Right. Someone you're on a back guy, and as soon as he goes, now you just shoot a lane and you hope for the best because like you're gonna bounce them and they slide right through your lane. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. Like, oh, it's so, like everything up the middle is is so clustered seeming now. And once you get there, I feel like there's so many bounce shots on you, which wasn't. I didn't. I don't feel were huge back then. Like there was, but you'd have to find them in the tournament. Right. You know I mean? Now people like I, I watch games and they come in like this. I remember I was I was like two years ago. It was like I was watching the first. Uh, first games of the day mm-hmm. and like it was instantly like they're shooting in bounce shots I was like how that long would it take you to figure this out during practice <laughs> like then people I'm like I'm not as I hear I talk to people like they actually go through all mm-hmm. the bunkers and they try to find all these bounce shots it's like yep. it's kind of I mean it's part of the game I guess but it's mm-hmm. like also, I yeah. don't yeah they should, I don't think they should be releasing the fields this early it no. would definitely show who can adapt like maybe put the field out for the beginning and then like change it. Like I mean, there's some probably some things it can do, but like, I don't know, like it takes time, I suppose. But yeah, I'm always a big fan of just let it be a surprise when you get there. Just yeah, learn exactly. it as you go. That's how you'd see the more natural players learn. Like, is like people that can walk a field. That's a skill. It shouldn't be like 
all right, I can walk a field. Now I'm going to show my team how to do everything. Right. And this is my one thing. It should be a major thing. It should be like, all right, well, I can show up on that day, figure out game plans, and they're going to work. And if they don't, I could figure out why they're not working. You know? Right. I mean, coaches would be way more. Be, would they be more, even more important at that point? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think that what the thing is now is you you get to the field, and you're just seeing what's different than what you practiced, and then you make those quick adjustments, and then you're ready to go. Yeah, if you play it for like three weeks, yeah. you're gonna know like, oh, this bunker should be over here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. This is off, and then you go tell the ref like, hey, you guys line this up wrong or yeah. whatever, and and that's a whole new world. Yeah. Uh, I don't, how uh how cool was that contract killer thing that you guys did? Because you were with them was, for what like a like a year? Uh, I was yeah maybe a little bit more. I was fully sponsored by them, not fully. I mean like a sponsor by them I was getting like I mean cash sponsored for like two years. Yeah. But like ever since then I've always like Chris is awesome, LJ was dope, so yeah I've always supported them. But it was it was really cool. Yeah, I, I, I they put um, out that uh, put out that DVD which is super neat. Yeah, they they were all about helping players and they were like. It was kind of sucked how they they definitely got kind of screwed by the entirety of the industry because mm-hmm. like no one wanted them like making shells for the loaders like you're like you you're leaving nothing for people to make stuff yeah if you can't even make a shell for a loader they still have to buy your loader to get the internals they're just making a <laughs> shell that's white and yeah if there's no room for that like you're squashing all the competition there's no growth for paintball if you're gonna do that and that that's kind of what they they found on that that's really what it was. A lot of it, because they were like they were they were. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to speak for them, like just sure. from what I've known is like there were some things they were stepping on patents, and they maybe they I don't know otherwise, but like they were definitely not well accepted in that arena for like all of the the three majors did not want them succeeding. That makes no sense to me because I feel like dude, everybody's you. Everybody can make a different chair. Nobody has a patent on the chair. Like like why not? Everybody has a different approach to it. And you can change these little things around. I feel like it, you know, being in the industry for as long as I have, and 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 kind of seeing some back, some behind the scenes stuff. It's like, dude, it is so cutthroat on yeah, just. It's, it's, I mean, it's business is business, but at the same time, I, I feel like there was such like the stranglehold on on it certain was, things. It was, it was and basically, three companies had a lockdown, and then if you didn't play by their rules, you didn't get to join the party. You know. Yeah, it's insane. I didn't. I get. I didn't get to know Chris until like later on. Um, in the career, and I I know now that he does like a bunch of jujitsu stuff, and and I have some things from him. And dude, yeah, he's a super he nice guy. The, when he was like getting drove out, he just went to making uh, rash guards and all the like, yeah. all that. He took all his knowledge and all the cool stuff he was making and just applied it to jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and big he, shout he, out to Chris he at Hybrid. Started making a name for himself. Or that, contract yeah. killer, actually. Yeah, I mean it. Um, it, it worked. It's a good name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's sick, and he, you know he's he's a dope dude. Um. Uh, you you mentioned LJ, uh, and you I I'm assuming that you were talking about the Little John. Yeah, Little John. That dude, thinking about that, that guy was insane too. Dude, he was, man, he that guy was so good. It was Fearless, insane. dude. Like he was like, I mean, probably one of the most underrated. Him and Mike Carthy are probably the most underrated people that ever played paintball. Yeah. Like we um, <laughs> we played this tournament in Mexico. It was probably 2001. It was like me. Oliver, Todd, Travis, Davey, and Maddie went down to Mexico to play a five-man tournament for fun. Mm-hmm. Because in 2001, in Mexico, it wasn't like a burgeoning hot free, free of great players. You know? yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was like they, were, they, were, they were not that great. And so we're like, but LJ 
just jumped on a team down there mm-hmm. and by himself. He almost beat us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when he is on, he was so small and he could just, he would just, he was like, it was like one of those eye-opening experiences because I had, I'd only been playing for like four years. I mm-hmm. just, just got on the pro teams at that point. And he had been playing for like GBD. He went to, uh, he was when he got on the Ironman, but he had been a professional for a long time. And no one really knew who he was because like, I mean, he was a little strange looking. Like he had no sweat pores, and like he had. No That's hair. right. He had this, yeah, they had pour, yeah. They had to pour water like, on him. He had to pour cool. water himself to like to close it down. It he crazy. had superpowers. But, like yeah. he was like just like what he would do on the field. You're like, wow, is he doing this? Like he was literally one on five pushing into us in the final game. Like just and he was like shot like four of us out. Like it's like I think Maddie pulled the game out. Either Maddie or Travis against another Mexican guy came down to a one on one. It was insane. And it, it, by himself, he like just. Full on charge took like four of us down, and we're like, "How did this even happen?" I was just like, "Man, that guy is good. <laughs> this is crazy." <laughs> yeah, I remember um, when he played for the Oakland Assassins. I remember I was watching a game. I was I was behind the net um, on the backside of the field, and I was watching this game, and I was watching him, and he was playing a little Aztec, like a crazy person. Like he was dominant when he played on that field, especially when they were doing, like, when it was full auto. It was. Well, it, I mean, it wasn't full auto then, but there those intimidators might have. Been. It was close they to. Basically, were. Yeah. <laughs> like those things shot insane. He was. He was just so dominating of whoever he was across from, and he would just, he would just work his way down a field, and, it it was just insane to watch, dude. I, and I don't. I don't think it's like you said. I think he was one of those players who was very underrated, and I don't think a lot of people know about who he is, except for obviously his peers. Um, yeah, for sure. But. Uh, I distinctly that was a memory that has burned in my brain of just watching him go, just with a machine gun, just and then just going from spot to spot, just like yeah, mowing was, people his, down. His first step, he was basically full speed at one step. Yeah, and then he's he was like five four, so like as soon as he started diving, he's on the ground. You know, he's like <laughs> it was really hard to shoot. <laughs> yeah, he was that that was insane. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a cool thing because that you know uh, with uh, with contract killer or, or hybrid uh, rather that was just. It was cool to uh, to see that kind of be Chris kind of take guys under his wing like that and and have them kind of like uh, ex- exploit them in a good way, you know what I mean? No, he, I mean he did it for the for them. He did it for the, everyone that like he sponsored. Like he went out of his way to like hype them up. Like he like yes. said, like he made the the banner behind it. Like he made and he was like, oh, I didn't like that one, so I made you a new one. I'm like, all right. And then he was like, here's some jerseys. Yeah, uh, we didn't agree to any of this. He's like, no problem, just take it. Like he was just <laughs> above and beyond. He yeah, I gotta give a, like, I gotta I got give a shout a out. Stickers. Put all yep. these all over the place. Man. Hybrid okay. everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, I I rocked a pair of everybody. on that um on the SL sixty six, you know the one that's back on your little poster back there, mm-hmm. um, which were awesome by the way from Planet. Uh, I I remember we got our own little our colors our own colors that we picked out that we wanted. Yeah, um, they're like just make whatever you want. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> fuck yeah, that was sweet. But I remember having a pair of like hybrid grips, and I think I had a pair of like a hybrid on-off or something like that. But um, but yeah, it was awesome. It, I big. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a shout out of uh, ckfightlife.com. Go check it out. But um, yeah. but yeah, I remember, dude. Those those SL66s shot so good. Dude, they're amazing. That's one gun I wish I still had. Was mine from that? Dude, yeah, because yeah, one I did, of them. Like... I really wish I had kept my guns. I I always sell them. Yeah. Forever. Like I, mean, I wish I had my old autocockers, all that stuff. I, I didn't like. I mean, I just always had to get by, so like I always had to sell them. But like, right. Man, I really wish I had all those. Do you <laughs> have anything so, right now? 
Um, I have um, one of those um, plastic. The Emacs guns, yeah, from Travis. That's all <laughs> I have, dude. That's all I shoot. Yeah. It, it's it's awesome. No, dude, yeah, I played with it uh, yesterday. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> They're so they shoot so good. It's silly. Like, and if you took rental. that back in time, people would think that was like a two thousand dollar gun. <laughs> right, and I think what's crazy is like the the rental experience now. I feel like has would has has to have changed. Oh, for sure. Like, imagine playing with a clunky Tintman. That was your that was a that was your rental. It's yep. like half the balls break when you're shooting it. The the barrel because the barrels are like sleeve. They might just shoot out, and you're playing with like the, <laughs> the like. I remember like way back in the day when I was working a field. A guy was like, "Yeah, I'm breaking all the paint," and he the barrel of his gun was gone. It was just had that grip piece. So mm-hmm. he was shooting it and it was all just breaking. I'm like, this, your barrel's gone, man. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> like that doesn't happen with that stuff now. <laughs> There's no way. A lot, a lot that I would see with those 98s would be like, you remember the orange ball detent that sat in the bottom? Oh yeah. That little thing. That would be backwards. <laughs> yeah, I would see that be backwards or broke off. Um, the feed necks would break a lot. The uh, we had a little trick for the for the 98 feed neck so they wouldn't shake around because they were so like loosey goosey on there mm-hmm. is that you you would put an o-ring around the um the bottom side like where it hinges um where the where it like hinges over you put yeah, an right, o-ring I down there exactly so when you close it there's some kind of compression um and that way <laughs> there's a resistance to it so it clicks and then it doesn't shake around dude we had all kinds of little tricks that we did um those things are terrible <laughs> dude they're tanks man but i think i it gave me a little bit of a um that gave me a confidence boost too because you know playing for tipman effect and going out there and being able to i thought uh compete against guys who are using you know high-end markers i it, it definitely shot my confidence up when i was able to shoot some people I mean, yeah, I would have to. <laughs> I loved it, dude. It it was fun. It was, that was a nice camaraderie thing too. Was with on on Tipman, um, you know, that was a whole, a whole family, a whole family thing of just growing up and playing with your friends, and traveling when you're young and experiencing the world and. Yeah, you like stuff five dudes in a Honda Civic and all your gear bags, and you drive five hours. <laughs> That's yep. like you can't get those times back. That's how you become like like long time friends that's how I become good at paintball because like you're willing to do ridiculous things to try to get to a paintball tournament which yeah. other people are like what are you doing that play paintball like yeah you did what this weekend like that doesn't make any <laughs> sense why would you do that and like if you like you'll never know if you know unless you do it yep <laughs> same like, the same yeah. question gets asked nowadays it's like oh paintball <laughs> professionally that's a thing uh, you're like really that's that's crazy. Like, people do that yeah. like yeah I guess. I mean, so what? <laughs> so what happened um, between what, what what happened after excessive? What uh, where was the the kind of direction for you? Because I know that was kind of a falling out uh, with funds and whatnot. Yeah, um, that sucked. Cause like I really enjoyed playing with that team, and we were yeah. like on the cusp of being like, if that team had stayed together, I think Dynasty would have definitely took a couple chunks in that winning that 50 total wins mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but like um i mean i originally went there to like i mean I, was, I was friends with all those guys and everything but like i went there to get paid and right at the end of the second year i wasn't gonna get my because i got paid and it's weird i got a pre i got a preseason check it was half my paycheck and then i got a secondary check which is whatever we finished in both leagues mm-hmm. it was like determined of that and then they were like yeah we can't pay you 
So I'm like, all right, well, I can't play for you then. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. like, I have rent in two weeks. Like, I, I need money. Like, I, I can't just be like, I'm just going to ring this on a credit card and hope for the best, you know? Like, I right, right, rent. right. I'm trying to live here. Like, I, I have to go. And so, like, I, I called Brian and Travis, and I was like, yo, I'm, like, I want to come back, but I need money. So, like, what do you got? Like, what's the standard? And, like, mm-hmm. and we had been, I mean, as it goes, like, dude, Brian, like, would not talk to me for, like, a year. But, like, as it goes, like, he kind of, like, was like, all right, what's it going to take to get you back? And we, right. like, talk. And actually, in um, remember the Chicago Expo we won? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Like, the right before we left for that, I had actually, I was actually quitting the guy I was going to play with Infamous. Mm-hmm. And I got to, like, just, dude, if I had went for that deal, it was a fat deal. Really? Well, I, I talked to Rich. And I actually talked to Rich's ex-wife, ex-wife now, but my wife Gina at the time. I was, like, kind of talked through, like, what I was doing and like that kind of it was like weird to have an outside perspective of that mm-hmm. and like she was like I mean you're really gonna leave a team in the middle of the year for and I was like I don't know it was like kind of put my head back on a little bit straight and right stayed on the team but as it was when they could no longer they're like yeah we can't pay you yeah and then they had they, we had this big meeting with like the team the, the Duncan people that owned the rights and they were gonna try and get all the rights back and they were like basically screwing rich and all those guys out of all their money and they're yep. like yeah we can't pay you so i'm like well i'm out of here man mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so i went back to infamous i played there for what was that until like almost the rest of my career i had one year on the ironman that's right infamous lost a bunch of sponsorship and still the same deal i was only playing paintball so like if you can't I, i'm not here i'm not got, not getting a side time job right now like i'm mm-hmm. 20 years in almost like, like just and if I'm not going to be playing paintball I'm just going to go do something else right so like I played for the Ironman for a year it was all right but I actually got cut from them <laughs> it's kind of funny I didn't play up to like the best I've been playing mm-hmm. I, mean, I was kind of like felt a lot of pressure of trying to like get on a new team and still be like start over yeah it was it was it was kind of weird I never wasn't super comfortable on that team mm-hmm. so then I ended up going back to infamous for like the last two years and I retired in 2011 yeah, I, I, yeah, I missed that because uh, I was because I had stopped. I had taken a hiatus at the end of two thousand nine until two thousand thirteen, which is weird because I, I, I feel like I missed a lot that happened during uh during Dude, that little paintball, paintball is not like any other sport. Like it changes so much in a year. Mm-hmm. Like just the the style of play changes. The the. Like every year it's new all new gear every year there's a new gun like if you miss two three years you like this it's a lot of time to be out of paintball mm-hmm. like you don't you, you know i mean you might be able to still play but like the rules are different teams are different all your friends are on this other team now that you did like oh we used to hate those guys now you're on that team that's weird <laughs> so it's <laughs> that's like, everybody it's, like, yeah. it's just so like ever ever changing so you think. yeah it, like, if you miss time in paintball you miss you miss some time it's definitely weird. Well, this is going to be the second season coming up that I have missed because of um, or being retired, I guess. And it just it feels, man. It just I don't know. Like I I definitely miss it. That's for sure. And because um, I feel I feel good. Like I feel like I can still compete. But it, like I, I everybody's probably so fucking tired of me talking about this. But like <laughs> the the thing is is that you know because I've had offers. Like people have talked to me, but I just I know that I can't commit like how I would want to. Yeah, it's, it's the time. Like you can't half ass it. No, you're not gonna not be, now. Not now not, with how good everybody it, is. You owe it to like your teammates to put all you can in. You don't like you don't want to be right. like, well I'll be able to make one practice and then maybe I'll play good. Who knows? Like that's not mm-hmm. gonna work. You know, they need you to be playing every weekend. They need you to be finding time during the week to play. Right. And, like it's especially for like pro paintball now it's like 
like you watch the guys play, like they're everyone on the pro teams now are like this technical skills like top level. Mm-hmm. It's way beyond what we were doing in 2004. Like 2004, you could still find dudes on the payroll team that couldn't shoot left-handed. I mean, like now that's like, <laughs> there's no chance. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then everyone's athletic. Everyone's like working out. Everyone's doing all they can. I mean, maybe they're not like mentally proficient as everyone can be, but like mm-hmm. they're doing all they can within their skill set. Yeah. So like if you like you owe it to them to also like be on that level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think kids now younger and younger are becoming more and more dedicated and, and getting better and better. Um, you know, and guys now who, you know, I've played with are just, they're, they're playing so much paintball that it's just, yeah, everybody's on point And it's, Oh, well, I mean, it's just, it's a natural aggression. Like we, right. when I got in, people didn't barely playing. Like, I mean, it'd been around for a while, but like, mm-hmm top level professional paintball was like 92 one It's like, you can look back 91 Ironman all Americans, those guys. And then maybe I got in 98. So it was that maybe nine years mm-hmm. of just like the same game. Like, and there was, there was no reason to ever do anything different. Like people were still playing punk guns when I started playing pro. Yeah. So like, <laughs> like, I mean, so it's like the progression of it. Like it was like, you don't, no college basketball player can't dribble. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. college, like they have all the skills. It's just, they're maybe right. not mentally ready to do everything, but like they have the basic fundamentals down. Mm-hmm. That's how it is now with paintball. That's why people stand out and you could play someone that like barely plays. There's a reason that you just shoot them all the time. Cause like you have seamless interaction in both hands. You, you, you know what they're doing before they're like, you know, if, when he goes in, you know, he's going to come out the left side. Mm-hmm. And then if he does that, you know, he's going to come back out the right bottom. And then when he has that little pattern, you know, he's going to be, so you shoot here and you got him. Yep. So it's like, yep. unless you're always doing it, you don't have those skills, you know? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm two years out and I feel like I'm so far behind already when Dude, I go. I'm do, like, uh, so before the ICC, <laughs> I played the week before with my buddy. And like I tried to shoot left hand, <laughs> I was like, "What is happening?" I was like, "Used to be deadly." I'm like, she's like just shooting like three feet off stuff, and like it feels like I'm barely pulling the trigger. Like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. like it was. I was like, "Man, this is wow. This really is not even useful anymore. This, this I might as well not have a left hand because this thing does not work." <laughs> and then even like the the first like even your vision, everything goes. Like the first uh, the first game we played was on that like hybrid field. Mm-hmm. Remember that first game I played where we well, like, my loader was yeah, you know, my loader was broken. All the place. Yeah. yeah, and like people were shooting at me. I'm like, where is that even coming from? Like, I can't even see people. This is crazy. <laughs> my lenses are fucking up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, my loader's yeah, backwards. Yeah, it was weird. It was definitely weird. <laughs> I mean, it came back quick, but like, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I was like, man, that was a long break I took. <laughs> yeah, it was fun going as far as we did too. We did pretty good. Um, yeah. And they, honestly, I, I was I ran out of gas like that. that was, those two semifinal games we played, I was mm-hmm. like, "Whew, I'm tired." Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, those were fun. I'm really hoping to play with uh, with Infamous again. Yeah. Um, this ICC coming up, and uh, what? So what was it? I mean, when what was the decision, or what was the the, the thought process through your head when you decided to to hang it up? I mean, was your head and heart just not there anymore, or I mean, what was it? Um, a little bit. I was not taking practice serious anymore. I was kind of, I'd be at, pra- we'd be at practice and I'd be like, I'd be looking to leave, you know, right. especially like, it was like the Seahawks are playing at one. We're practicing. I'm like, I'm going to dip out and go watch football. Like, right. I don't get paid to watch football. You get paid to play paintball. Mm-hmm. So like, I started noticing that I was like, just not like, I was not taking it serious anymore. Um, it was harder cause like the team was like, we still like, Brian, it was gone, and then it was me, and Travis, and 
like Todd and Mickey, but like a lot of young guys. I was like working into that. Like I was yeah. just, I just, I'd done it for, was that? I'd done it for 15 years at that point. Like, Jeez. and I was like, I kind of saw like need to have something else. Mm-hmm. Like need to actually kind of try and find a career, some kind of steady wage. I can't yeah. be every year trying to slang 20 DM fours or seven, <laughs> whatever to try and make rent. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's not going to work. That's not a long-term plan. Right. Right. <laughs> So what are you, what are you doing now? Uh, now I'm kind of, in, I'm actually kind of, again, looking for, I mean, I have a steady job, but I'm kind of looking for something else, yeah. something newer, something more long-term. I was working for Valken for, for six years, I think. I was running the warehouse in San Diego. Oh, really? But then, um, yeah, family matters and family issues had to move back to Seattle, be closer to family. Yeah. It's Dad beautiful out there rough too. Patch and my oh, brother, yeah. brother has a couple of kids. Michelle's brother has a couple of kids, so it's like we're mm-hmm. never around. So we had to get back. Yeah, yeah I get back up here, move home. You know. Yeah, we, I I want to come back and visit. That's for sure, dude. I loved I loved living up there. The scenery was beautiful. Um, the weather wasn't as bad as what I think people think. <laughs> well, the winter is. Yeah. No. The w- I mean, honestly, in the, for three months in the summer, there's nowhere in the world that's better than Seattle. Mm-hmm. It's like 85, sunny, everything's green. You can still just go to the mountains. Like it's, it's amazing. <laughs> when you tell people that three months out of the year are beautiful. Hey, those are the nine. You just got to get through those nine. <laughs> it was sunny here today. You know, that's cool. <laughs> no, I believe you. <laughs> well, hey, man, I, I – I really appreciate talking to you, uh, you know, get being able to sit down and talk with you, you know, kind of about everything in your career. Um, again, with, with a lot of people that I have on here, I think this is the longest that we were. Dude, yeah. We had a, we had a bit where we kept, I would leave a team and you join the team and I'd, I'd I know, right. And you left. <laughs> like we we always to, found each other we had a somehow. Conversation about it. We're like, man, could we ever play together? Is that going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was always like, tail coding everything and it was like oh you just oh just missed them all right it's like we had the only time we ever really we played on uh the only the x-ball team for excessive because you were on the uh energy team Mm -hmm. and then that was super fun yeah but like even then like i mean age difference like group difference is like we never really never talked down sat down talked to you for an hour Mm -mm. you know (laughs) yeah no i was I well, I liked talking to people, obviously, but I think it wasn't until you know within these past like three, four years when I was like, I should do, I need to do something. I feel like you know, in podcasts, Dude, I yeah, started getting is, podcasts, and this is awesome. I'm, I'm, I probably listen to almost every one of them. I appreciate it, man. I really do. Yeah, it was cool too because then like you get the perspective, like especially because. I mean, anyone that knows me knows I don't talk unless you talk to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And like, I've definitely had like, a, I've had people tell me that everyone like, oh, I thought you were an asshole for like the last 10 years. And then we hang out at one bar one night and they're like, oh, you're completely normal. I'm like, yeah, I'm just shy. I'm sorry. I don't know. Whatever. You're so shy like, yeah. until you start getting some, uh, some liquid in you. And then it's, uh... but like, yeah. So like, it's definitely cool to be able to like sit down and just chat it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I thank you, man. I, I, you know, no, thanks. thank you. This is awesome. Yeah, this is great, and I'm glad uh, I was kind of able to get a little bit of a uh, sneak peek into kind of where because it, it's cool because you 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 see and you interact with all these people and you don't really know the background. I mean, the, for the most part, I don't really know a lot of the the background to a lot of the guys that I look up to and and I admire. So being able to do something like this uh, for me is such a treat. So I I, I enjoy it, and uh, and th- thank you again for for coming on, man. 
Oh, thank you for having me, man. It was awesome. And hopefully Good we see you back on the field soon. Dude, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back into it. I'm, uh, especially all the mechanical stuff. Yeah. Work on that left hand. Around, so. I don't, I, I, you don't need it for 10, man. man. You just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right, man. It's good to talk to you. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Talk to you later, man. Have a good one. Later. Thank you, John, so much for sitting down and chatting with me. Had a great time, man. I really do. I want to see you out there playing, uh, getting back into it, finding your groove, get your groove back. But, uh, yeah, I, I really respect that guy. He was a uh, such a dominating, uh, just a dominating person, player, mind, because he was so quiet and he would just... Ah, craziness anyway appreciate it man thank you so much it was uh it was an honor playing with you and uh it was an honor playing with you on excessive at icc with infamous it was great uh it was just great being able to get to know you and uh and yeah hope you get out there again bud if you guys are looking for a website to go check out please head over to theplayingonpodcast.com and tell me what you think that's our uh, that's my official podcast my official podcast, my official website that you guys can go and uh, and kind of browse around and kind of learn a little bit more about the podcast and, and the background. And uh, and yeah, that, that website is brought to you by Constant Pursuit. Um, very, pretty, I mean, it's the most basic that you can get, and that's really what I wanted. I wanted it simple, and, uh, and Rusty from Constant Pursuit was able to provide that for me. And uh, it's it's what I wanted. It's everything that I wanted. And he does uh, anything from a simplistic website like that all the way to elaborate websites. I don't. I'm talking out of my ass because I don't really know that much about building websites. But I'll tell you who does. Rusty, Mister Glaze. Check him out. Concert Pursuit. Thank you, Rusty. Appreciate it. Uh, if you are looking to support the website, support the website. Yeah, and the podcast. Go to patreon.com slash playing on podcast and subscribe and be uh, become a member. Uh, help out the podcast in in a, a donation of a dollar to ten dollars to twenty dollars to whatever you want. Send me a nice little message. I don't care. I I really just appreciate any kind of support um, out there from everybody. So uh, so yeah. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening. It's it's very, very humbling. Um, you know, doing something like this and kind of keeping it going. So thank you everybody out there for, uh, for listening each and every episode and, and helping me keep it going. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Please do not text and drive. Stay alive. Keep your eyes on the road. Listen to podcasts like this one. And we will see here. <laughs> we will see you again here soon on the playing on podcast. Peace.